You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. Here to wrap up your week, I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. Go New York, go New York, go! The Knicks are in a playoff spot, so we're rocking the jersey today. The New York Giants are in a playoff game this weekend. New York Rangers are in the top three in the Metro and the New York Yankees are having themselves a pretty good offseason. Uh, even though some people say, run it back, status quo, we stink. Even though we signed Carlos Rodon and have Frankie Montas and All-Stars, our five-starter, and are going to play Oswald Peraza this year, and are going to bring up Anthony Volpe at some point, and Oswaldo Cabrera only played a month last year, and we're not factoring that in at all. The Yankees may not have had the offseason of your dreams, but they are certainly not just running it back, complacent style, uh, and I think we've learned that for a number of reasons, but unfortunately the left field stuff is not one of them. They're probably going to end up running it back in left field. And what we're hearing and what we're going to talk about on this podcast about Brian Reynolds, uh, throw some more cold water on that whole deal. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll sort it out. We'll figure out who's right, who's wrong. Are the Yankees still in this conversation or are they about ready to head out? Plus a third base option for next offseason might've gotten gobbled up. We might be losing our reliever to the New York Mets. Anthony Volpe got shat on by some rival executives or non-rival executives. Why was this even published? It's already been taken off the internet, but we all saw it already. The internet lives forever. And Carlos Correa's wild ride concludes in Minnesota. Is that the perfect place for uh, Yankees Thorn to be? Uh, or should we uh, have maybe just paid him the money that he just made with the Minnesota Twins? Or maybe done it last year. We could have done it last year too, but we didn't. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us five-star review, mailbag questions. Welcome in the reviews. We'll be more than happy to answer any mailbag questions you have for us. Happy to open up those bags as the offseason goes on, but always plenty swirling in the discourse. You can find us live at 2 o'clock Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays, every week, and more surrounding special events. Uh, We'll be here if we gotta be, because we love to be. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast uh status quo for the yankees for, the, for all those people saying um you know no moves run it back uh it's definitely been run it back mode since the carlos wrote on signing for sure yeah status quo for us too i mean what's going on we're hanging yeah more in part of the off season <clears throat> what can you really ask for at this point uh the trade market still is yet to materialize unless you count the dodgers trading for miguel rojas um which certainly does not count. Um, 
So uh, we're in a holding pattern. We're having a good time. Um, yeah, if you're sitting here saying the Yankees are going to run it back, you are super pessimistic. You're right to an extent, but you have to watch how the rest of this plays out. There's new people coming into the fold. Um, there's a brand new starting pitcher who's probably going to elevate this staff. And you'd have to guess if this team won 99 games last year and added Carlos Rodon, can you probably add six wins to that total? Seven wins. And add Peraza and, and add Peraza. and add Cabrera yeah. and add Harrison Bader. Who and Harrison Bader. Didn't play for this team before early September. Yeah. Subtract regular, regular playing time some hit from Hicks. Subtract regular, regular playing time from IKF. Um, who was even playing left field last year? I don't even remember at this point. Was like, it Hideki Matsui? <laughs> was it Jay Bruce actually playing left field for us last year? I don't know. Um, but either way, there is there are changes. Um, and for all of those, especially me, who complain about um, the vibe checks, um, I think this is a good vibe check. You have a competition for left field heading into spring training, regardless of who it is. It's competition. It means people have to try. It means no one's guaranteed anything. It means you will see who the best person is for the position once spring training ends. Um, you have a new young shortstop. You have the potential to bring up another young middle infielder. Um, there is a likelihood that DJ LeMahieu takes over most of the third base reps. We don't know. Like you said, every day of Harrison Bader in center field changes a lot. He'll be getting a, no Aaron Judge in center field. He could be uh, he could be hanging out in right where he belongs. Um, a lot of things are changing. A lot of things are changing. Um, but some of you, some of you, are already looking ahead to next year because you don't want Josh Donaldson here. And we don't blame you because we don't want him here. Um, but we've gotten a lot. Uh, we've seen a lot of chatter and heard a lot of chatter about Manny Machado's opt out, which comes after this season. Um, he will essentially be in, you would say, the same boat as um, most of these other shortstops that hit the market uh, this year um, after their age 30 season or heading into their age 30 season. I guess Manny Machado would be most comparable to Judge. They'll both be heading into their age 31 seasons. Um, I think at this point, Machado's a perennial MVP candidate. There's really no debating that. Um, and uh, a lot of us have looked at it and said, hey, it's an opportunity for Brian Cashman to make good on when he screwed up after 2018. Blew it after 2018. It was a great class. Could have got Machado then for 300 mil. Would have looked like a bargain at this point. Maybe because it's the Yankees, he wouldn't have asked for an opt-out or the Yankees wouldn't have felt desperate and compelled or like the Padres were to give him the opt-out, which has led him to this situation. Maybe have Machado for 10 full years. It's great. Either way, he's opting out after this season. But Padres insider Dennis Lynn of The Athletic predicted Machado will probably sign another $300 million deal with the Padres. Um, and the reason being – and you would say this is kind of dumb and lame, but it's not because if the same thing, anything of this caliber happened to the Yankees, you would buy into it. I would buy into it. Machado was with Padres owner Peter Seidler in Colorado. They were touring the Rockies clubhouse because the Padres are planning to make grand updates to um, their locker room. And they wanted Machado's input. And why would you want Manny Machado's input? if you didn't think that he was staying in San Diego beyond 2023, um, why would you ask him 
how the vibe should be. If this is someone who's not going to be here anymore, obviously, yes, you could say, Hey, they want a, an opinion from a consummate professional so they can plan ahead, whether he's here or not. But guess what? Yeah. I don't think Manny Machado's making the time to say, Hey, yeah, let me do you a favor. I'll go to Colorado. We'll check out the digs. We'll yeah. see what uh, upgrades we can make. Maybe I can oh, hang good. out with the carpenters in there. Good chairs, good walls. Yeah, we, we need some of those for sure. We, that would look good. I'm glad I went to Colorado for this. <laughs> He's going to Lowe's. They're going to Lowe's next. They're going to pick out all the designs, the paint color and everything. Um, but I think that's a pretty I think that's a pretty solid tidbit. And I think that with the Padres' aggression, you saw the aggression this offseason. They gave Matt Carpenter $12 million with an opportunity for him to earn $21 million. They gave Xander Bogarts an 11-year deal worth $280 million, which I'm really not sure any other team would have done. Why are they going to stop at Manny Machado, who's far and away the best player on this team, regardless of Fernando Tatis's outlook? Manny Machado's been available. He's durable. He's a leader. He's an MVP candidate. This is the best player. This is the face of the franchise. This is, at this point, the driving force of what's going on. So if you're looking ahead to 2024 already and you're starting to pencil in Manny Machado at third base as you were with Brian Reynolds in left field this offseason, um, it's time to stop because none of this is guaranteed. No. And if Machado does hit the open market, Brian Cashman should pursue the hell out of him. But if it's going to take a $300 million deal, the Yankees just recently became to have three of those. So do you think they want to become the first team to have four of those next year? I don't. The Machado conversation is for a while. It was, can he top his current deal? Now it's, can he top $300 million? He can top his current deal. No problem. If the Yankees could have gotten him for 240, 250, six years seven years sure but 300 million dollars you're tripping into dicey territory uh most teams won't do this i i i would if if manny machado said i will go to the padres for 300 million dollars or the yankees for 300 million dollars i'd go ahead and sign that check but i'm mm. not brian cashman i'm not brian sabian i'm not omar Manaya. uh the yankees third baseman for this year by the way we were talking last episode about how we liked the DJ LeMahieu centric depth charts. Whenever we saw him at the top of the third base chart, we were like, well, that's nice. It's nice to see him there. Feels like the right guy. And it feels like you don't see it often enough. Uh, WFAN wiling out this week saying that uh, Josh Donaldson makes sense for the New York Mets this year. Uh, so maybe the New York Yankees are, are trying to clear that infield log jam by getting rid of Donaldson's final year and, giving the the torch to LeMahieu and letting it go Glaber, Peraza, maybe Volpe at third sometimes. Uh, I, I just don't know. But uh, the Yankees have one gigantic stumbling block in the way of their success at third base this year. But after this year, it's wide open. But it won't be Devers. It will not be Machado, most likely. So uh, you, you kind of miss Gio Urshela, don't you? Because – Without, if the Yankees had just DFA'd Gary Sanchez, people were talking about this this week, and and they were right to do so. If they had just DFA'd Gary Sanchez last year, non-tendered him a contract, uh, they wouldn't have had to trade for Donaldson. They wouldn't have had to trade for IKF. Could have kept Urshela. Improves last year's team. There would be a there would be a slightly worse defense, much better offense at third. I don't think people saw that coming, but that's what happened. No. And uh, Urshela would still be there this year with no long-term, uh, no financial million, for the rest of ten million. Year. For this, for this next season, a fraction of what it was. Um, and let's talk about the Donaldson Mets thing real quick. Um, I know Steve Cohen's a little bit of a wild man. He's spending money um, in a manner that 
no other team has ever spent money before, but he's not spending it like an idiot. And I no. think that if he were, I think if he were to trade for Josh Donaldson, that would be spending money like an idiot. Uh, because I don't know the breakdown of Donaldson's deal. I understand it was two years and 50 million, but it's because there's an $8 million buyout. So it's really two years, 42 million with the $8 million buyout after the season. So I don't know if the Yankees were just essentially saying you're getting 25 million for the next two years. And we are not seeing any more of you come 2024. Um, So it's still, it all depends. The Yankees could end up owing him, I guess, theoretically 29 million. If they didn't pay the buy, if they paid him 21.75 or whatever it was last year, and then it's 21.75 again this year. And then plus the eight, um, if that's the case, fewer and fewer teams are going to be interested at Josh Donaldson at more than $25 million. Um, And once again, Steve Cohen, yes. Gabe Brandon Nimmo, 160 million. Agree or disagree with that. That's one of the most athletic players in the game who sets the table at the top of the lineup. Um, Paid Edwin Diaz, probably a little bit more than most of you would have. Um, You're also not a billionaire. So I'm sorry about that, but that's. Edwin Edwin never called. Edwin never called back. I didn't get the chance. (laughs) Statistically, the best closer in the game the last two years, cumulatively. Um, You look at the Justin Verlander deal, uh, the Max Scherzer deal. um, Those are smart moves to ensure contention in the short term. Um, He's not saddling himself down. He's not really acquiring any sunk costs. Um, I think anything on this front um, is disingenuous. I think it's people connecting the dots because the Mets lost Correa and I don't think Steve Cohen at this point is mad enough to follow up a Correa whiff, which really wasn't even his fault. It was Scott Boris and Carlos Correa unwilling to gamble on Correa's long-term health um, with an acquisition of Josh Donaldson and Isaiah. Like, what are we doing? It's not happening. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. No, he, he doesn't spend stupid money after smart money, and he wasn't even confident enough to spend his money in Korea. So he no. wants Shohei Otani. He wants Manny Machado if he has a shot at him. He does not want Josh Donaldson for that. Like, is Josh Donaldson even – is the defense worth – is that an upgrade over Brett Batty and Eduardo Escobar? Like, I'm sure Met fans view that spot the way we view Aaron Hicks, but those two things are not the same. Um, anyway, let's talk about Correa just because I feel like we have to. Yeah. Um, Carlos Correa is somebody the New York Yankees didn't want. They, If they wanted Carlos Correa on the roster, he'd be here. Clear as day. Would have been here this year. Would have been here last year. Ended up at an extremely affordable rate this year. And reportedly, according to John Heyman, before he went back to the Twins, whether his tail was between his leg or not, uh, he'll sell you on enthusiastically rejoining the Twins. And that's great. You want to believe him. You want to believe that's home. It's the home that he had to go back to. Um, before he went back to Minnesota, he called the Yankees again. Try to get him in on this. Uh, Try to get him in on it before he went to the Mets. Clearly wanted to go to the big city. Uh, when the Mets agreed to that late night deal, he he reportedly tackled Scott Boris into the bed and hugged him. Uh, maybe he re-injured his leg there on the tackle. I don't know. Um, but he never passed that Mets physical. But, but John Heyman made it very clear that Alex Rodriguez is his idol. He wanted to end up in the big city of New York. He did for a couple of days before his physical. And before he wound up with Steve Cohen, he gave the Yankees another call. Uh, ultimately... It's a very inexpensive deal with the Minnesota Twins. It's six years, $200 million guaranteed, right? Yeah. Um, but there are escalators that can get it up to the full 10 years. The Twins at one point offered 10, 285. And I, there's a way for him to stay with the Minnesota Twins for the rest of his career. If he keeps passing physicals, if he keeps passing the parameters that they put out for him. Uh, the Mets offered a paltry sum in guarantees, it turned out. When you were hearing about friction between Carlos Correa and the Mets, that's because they offered him six years, $157.5 million, which is less than Dansby Swanson got. And they put the same parameters in there, and they said bet on yourself, and, and it could have escalated all the way to the full contract if he passed a physical at the end of every year, which feels like some strange players' union stuff. Like, I feel like the union's going to want to look into the, like, you can have your money as long as you pass a physical at the end of every year because MLB has guaranteed contracts in a way of the NBA and NFL don't necessarily like Aaron Rodgers signs a three year, $340 million. But you look at the fine print and it's like 38 million guaranteed this season. And the team pays nothing if they cut him after X date. And then, you know, he's owed a $1.3 million buyout or whatever. And that's how the NFL is able to announce these deals that look ludicrous, but aren't real. MLB doesn't do that. So maybe someday we'll have to, uh, Carlos Correa hopes it never gets to that point because he hopes he just reaches the finish line and, and collects all that cash. But the six-year, $200 million number, uh, yes, Yankees could have beaten that. The number he signed with the Twins last year, three million, uh, three years for $104 million, I believe. Yankees absolutely could have done that, especially because everyone and their mother knew that he was opting out after 2022. Even if he didn't, the longest you're stuck with him is three years. Yankees could have topped this third offer this year. They could have absolutely outbid the Twins last year. They didn't want to. And Carlos Correa tried. 
and they had no interest. So it's fun playing the game. Why couldn't the Yankees have topped this? They obviously could have. And even even more so than some of the other deals they couldn't have topped. Obviously, they have a ton of finances. So you can play that game with every contract. Could they yeah. have topped the Red Sox extension offer to Rafael Devers? Yeah, of course. But in a very more legitimate, more grounded version of could they have topped, the Correa deal is probably the most easily toppable contract that's come on the horizon for them the past couple of years. They could have. They had the chance to. He called them and asked them to. And they said no. So they did not want him. I hope this is the closure everybody needed. Everybody who thought that this was happening, everybody who thought that um, the Yankees were lurking in the shadows, they never were. There was oper- I'm sure Scott Boris, who goes to all of the teams who have the most resources and the most money, tried to convince the Yankees. Why wouldn't he? It's his literal job. He has the best clients in the game. He goes to the teams that spend the most money. He tries to figure out where there's a match. He gets his little commission check, and he's still miserable. Great. Good for him. Nice life. The Yankee, I disagree with last year. I don't think that, I think, I still think the deal with the Twins that Boris and Correa made was a ploy to get mid to smaller market teams to start spending premier dollars on top talent if they're not willing to go the 8 to 10 to 12 year range. I think it's a coup if a team like the Dodgers or the Yankees can swipe Correa on a short-term deal with player opt-outs or team opt-outs or vesting options or whatever it is, and that doesn't really give the players any power. This time around, however, this is where I will say the Yankees could have, should have, I don't know, um, but six years for $200 million with escalators for it to get to $270 million with a few more years attached to that. Um especially when you just saw the Mets, you know, the Mets showed their hand and weren't willing to go above $157.5 million guaranteed. Um, you could have easily maybe given him $180 million and said, do you want to you take an extra 20-something million and play for the Yankees or do you want to take an extra $40 million and play for the Twins? And then that's where you could have had some fun with the negotiating and, um, and, and having this sort of coup with one of the top players in the league. For Correa, I think it says a lot about him and Boris on – well, I, I do think you're right, too. The MLBPA certainly – the reason this took a long time was because I bet there were a lot of parties involved here, right? The Mets were asking for these year-end physicals for him to pass. The Players Association probably were, were like, uh, that's kind of going to set a weird precedent with other players who have injury concerns – we don't want to tip the scales with the guaranteed money that we have. It's leverage that we have unlike any other. So maybe let's not do that. But also for Correa and Boris to be this unwilling to bet on Correa's long-term health, like there wasn't a middle ground with the Mets where it was like, okay, how about this? We do a guaranteed 150 and I don't have to do, start doing physicals until I turn 34. Something. I don't know. I don't, I also do, remember, I don't know anything. I know nothing about the intricacies of negotiating or the MLB process or really anything in general. So I'm just spitballing here, but for Correa and Boris to not sit there and be like, okay, we can make the full $315 million over 12 years. If you stay relatively healthy or we'll just take $115 million less from the twins because it's, 
42 and a half more million than the Mets are guaranteeing you at this very moment. I thought it was weird that they, he wouldn't gamble with a surefire contender. Um, it's no disrespect to the twins, um, but they consistently don't have enough. They're in a division with the guardians who I think kind of rule the land there until some team is going to want to spend beyond their comfort zone to bring in more talent. Uh, the guardians have the best pipeline. They have the best scouting uh, in that division, honestly, probably top three in major league baseball. So it's still an uphill battle for the, uh, the twins who also traded Gio Rochella this off season. I'm sure they thought when Correa opted out, they were like, I don't know what we're going to do now. So they, they cleared house a little bit. They brought in Joey Gallo, which is not going to move the needle for them. They're in talks with the Marlins about Pablo Lopez, which is fine, but it's just not enough. I, so, hate, I hate Pablo Lopez, and I'm sorry. I don't know why I've transitioned into this opinion. I've, I've never seen anything impressive from Pablo Lopez. And even the highlight packages people try to put together to sell me on him, I'm like, yeah, throws 94 with a, cool. a solid change. Like, great, neat. He gets rocked. He's gotten rocked many times. Um, and the, thank, thank goodness that was not the Yankees trade acquisition because it would have cost them a lot of money. I mean, it would have cost them a lot of uh, – uh, prospect capital in a trade, and then he blew up during the second half. He's blowing up in the second half in the NL. He's going to blow up in the second half against the AL even worse. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what the Twins are looking at right now. I'm kind of – I'm not shocked. Well, I'm not, I'm not shocked. I'm just – I'm like, really, Carlos Correa, ultimate competitor, shit talker, like ready to, ready to kick your ass at any moment and back up his teammates at any moment. And maybe you like Minnesota, I don't know. But if this, he's got to know Minnesota's not a contender. Um, and he clearly wanted to play in New York based on Scott Boris retelling the story of him tackling him after the news, based on the multiple reports we saw about Correa trying to get the Yankees' attention when the deal with the Mets wasn't entirely working out and with the deal, when the deal with the Giants fell through. So I don't know. You saw Chris Bryant's deal with the Rockies last year. It was a clear, like, okay, great. You're just trying to get the most money. Awesome. Um, I guess that's the way it is. They They try to – they're setting the market for all these players as best they can. And it's more of a team game at the players union than it is. Uh, uh, let's try to win it and get the job done with uh, for our reputation. So I don't know what's done is done. Obviously at this point, this needs, Oh, whoops. Sorry. Didn't mean to click that. Uh, at this point, this is closure for, it has to be closure for everybody who thought Cray was coming to the Yankees. If the Yankees weren't willing to go six for 200 or six for, 175 180 or whatever it was to outbid the Mets then there was no interest here because there's a clear fit right Craig could play shortstop for the meantime they could put Peraza at second if they really wanted to they could trade Glaber Torres or they could move Peraza to third and they can just banish Josh Donaldson there's a million things they could have done then they could have moved Correa to third at some point for Volpe or Peraza um, and reconfigured the infield but they didn't want to do that and there was never any interest to do that so that is the end of it folks Speaking of the Mets, though, while we're on it, um, they could they could have one of our old friends soon. They could, yeah. Zach Britton, um, who was coming off that modified Tommy John surgery, which sadly didn't do him any good in the short term. Um, thought he'd be back to pitch for the stretch run and the postseason. Came back shortly for the stretch run, did very poorly, um, and then was exiled for the remainder of the season. He started feeling elbow soreness right towards the end too. He, I mean, that was the worst, saddest comeback. Yeah. He, he, he tried to avoid traditional Tommy John. He got his elbow taped. 
in some capacity. It was like, oh, what a breakthrough. Like, and perhaps this will help more pitchers avoid the full procedure. Trevor Story is taking notes in the corner. Like, it's tape? Really? Okay. Um, and then he comes back. His rehab is fine. His MLB season consists of three outings, two-thirds of an inning, and six walks. And he leaves with more elbow pain. So, reportedly is coming back for next season and, and maybe has an eye on his future team. But uh, sad ending in New York and, and maybe the end of his career, but he's defying that for now. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah. Mets stealing more Yankees relievers, though. Adam Ottavino, Joely Rodriguez, David Robertson. Um, so it's clear there's something going on over there. Uh, Britain, this is more of a Dodgers move to me than it is a Mets move. I think the Mets should probably have more surefire options in their bullpen based on how guys have pitched for them over the years. Um, I was surprised that there wasn't a larger market for Britain, especially among teams who uh, – were willing to take a flyer on a good or a formerly good veteran pitcher who they can maybe remake. Um, but it seems like it's a quiet market and he could still stay in the city. Good luck to him. Hopefully it works out. Um, again, sad ending to his tenure um, all around. How would you rate this contract? This is a weird one. Right? Be... I mean, incredible acquisition, right? Yeah. No one is arguing with getting Zach Britton at that deadline when they acquired him for Dylan Tate and uh, Josh Rogers and a bunch of, you know, side pieces who are now in different organizations. Um, Great deadline coup, stealing him from the Orioles. Uh, And I think when we got him, I wrote him off as like, that was a nice half year wonder. Never going to see him again. Uh, And then they surprised us and extend him. And it's like, oh, wonderful. And he's also very effective 
in, in the next season. I'm, I'm trying to track him down because I feel like I might be one year off and remembering when he was. No, yeah, they, they extended him before 2019 uh, and great that year. I, incredible that year. Uh, strikeout numbers down. He was never quite Orioles, Zach Britton, but you can't argue with a 1.91 ERA. 189 in the shortened season of 2020. Everything fell apart in 2021. He hurt his elbow. He came back. He told uh, he blew a ton of saves. He blew the Field of Dreams game. He told Aaron Boone to stop using him as a closer. Aaron Boone used him as a closer again. It didn't work. And then he goes in for this modified Tommy John. I, I, I mean, most uh, almost half the contract is unpleasant at this point. But I would still say with the volatility of relievers and what you, uh, you know, the floor and the ceiling for these deals. And I would say he didn't come close to that floor. I would still give him a 6.5. Um, you're an organization like the Yankees. You pay for his 2019 and 2020. I think that's fine. It's just a shame 2020 was so short. Yeah, I think it was not Britain's fault. It was the Yankees' fault for just you already had the highest paid reliever in the game, and then you're like making you're getting another top five highest paid reliever when you're kind of known for developing younger arms that excel in relief roles. I don't know. That was like the only thing the Yankees were noticeably good at during this time period. And they decided to just continue to spend more money in an area that they could exploit um, with younger talent and then spend money elsewhere. Maybe it could have made room for other moves um, with the luxury tax issues. Cause he was making Britain was making 14 million a year, which is a decent amount of money that gets you a, like at that point that could have gotten you a mid rotation starter. It could have been, you know, it was 40 something million dollars. It could have been a portion of a contract for someone like Bryce Harper. Like, I don't know. Um, either way, it wasn't Britain's fault. I think it was the, just a investment from the Yankees that was unneeded. It was completely unneeded. Um, and it didn't really fit what they, they, they had to do. There were many other holes. There were many other issues with the roster. And I think they went the wrong way about doing about it, but good luck to Zach. Hopefully he latches on somewhere and he can get over these elbow issues. Um, speaking of somebody else who is not going to be a Yankee, it's Brian Reynolds. And I don't know how many more times we're going to talk about it. And again, this is not full closure, but it should be the path to the best closure you could possibly get. Because Adam, you wrote about it yesterday. It's an article that we're going to be seeing on Yanks Go Yard, I think, over the weekend, maybe tonight. I write, about, sure. it. I write about it every day. So if you're on the website, you're reading some <laughs> Well, no, you specifically wrote about what Jeff Passan said. Jeff Passan appeared on the Michael K show. Jeff Passan is a smart guy. He was the one actually who predicted that Aaron Judge would return to the Yankees. Not really going out on a limb there, but he said that's where his strongest sense was. He ended up being correct. He's been correct about many other things. He is one of the premier sources in MLB. And what he had to say should probably have you stop dreaming and just Envision a left field that's going to be fairly underwhelming for the first two months of the season. If it ends up being disastrous, then the Yankees are going to make changes. But from what we heard from Aaron Boone on MLB Network um, over the weekend, from what we've heard from the Yes Network on the Hot Stove episode on Monday with Jack Flaherty, or I'm sorry, John Flaherty and um, Jack Curry, Mm -hmm. doesn't look like Brian Reynolds is coming. And Passon's got to be the last nail in that coffin, if you ask me. Uh, Well, Passon sort of, hilariously was like don't you want to play the kids didn't you guys want to play the kids maybe it's time we give some good young players some innings and he's like so he's telling Yankee fans a Brian Reynolds is not happening and b he's lecturing you he's like and also you morons (laughs) like don't you want didn't you like the rookies which like 
he can say that we can't but like didn't you like the rookies it's true like aaron hicks is not grandfathered into this position they're not going to just give aaron hicks run in left field uh you know there it's not like there's no recourse there you've got You've got kids. You got Oswaldo Cabrera. You got Elijah Dunham. You got Everson Pereira. Maybe you have Spencer Jones at some point. You don't have Jason Dominguez this year, I don't think. But uh, right field not opening up for the Yankees anytime soon. Aaron Judge is going to be there for a long time. Someday he might be a DH. For now, Giancarlo Stanton is there. Judge will be a right fielder. Center field is Harrison Bader this year. They're probably not extending him just because they don't want to clog up two spots in a three-man outfield and left field and center are open Dominguez Pereira Austin Wells is also an option the bat not the defense Dunham Oswaldo Cabrera uh and Spencer Jones a lot of names for two spots you can't bank on prospects and there will be more prospects there in the future like two years down the line the same people who want to see Spencer Jones are going to have two new prospects they want to see and they're like I'm bored of Spencer Jones where is X kid? And we all know that's how it works. But passing, passive aggressively lecturing people is should be the end of the conversation for most. Uh, and now John Morosi is floating the Rangers. Guess what? The Pirates want a ton of high-level pitching. The Rangers have that. They have Jack Leiter. And I've seen people say, well, they can't possibly give up Jack Leiter for Brian Reynolds, can they? They have two pitching prospects who rank higher than Jack Leiter in most uh prospect assessments they've got you know owen white is is number two in their system he's supposed to be the consensus best pitching prospect in the ranger system so they probably have to give up lighter and if they do they might even be breathing a sigh of relief lighter and kumar rocker are not their number one or number two pitching prospects uh and this was all coupled with john Heyman, who just tweeted during this podcast the pirates seek a soto like deal for brian reynolds another indication they don't love the idea of trading him he asked for the trade and the pirates are saying we would like a Juan Soto like return. Best of luck to you. Um, He's not getting extended in Pittsburgh. Maybe this is bad GMing, but it's not getting him any closer to the Yankees. I can for sure tell you that. So the Yankees are going to keep asking the Rangers are going to keep ranking ahead of them. And the pirates are going to keep asking for Anthony Volpe and Jason Dominguez or Peraza and Jason Dominguez. So give it up. Give it up. And if Morosi also said this morning that it's between the Yankees and the Rangers. Yeah. I think at this point that just means it's, it's the Rangers. Um, hmm. Because if there's going to be one of those two teams remaining in the talks as the demands elevate and elevate, um, it's not going to be the Yankees and Brian Cashman. Historically don't do that. They control the, they like to control the narrative on the trade market. Yes. That can be, um, that can be a bit of a curse because you sometimes need to, to pay a little bit more to get what you want. Um, but also it mitigates the irresponsibility of shelling out prospects or shelling out young talent for immediate gratification of filling the one void on the roster with another all-star caliber player. So all the talking heads on Twitter shut up. Um, so uh, hey, at least Aaron, uh, the Aaron Hicks resurgence bandwagon will be happy about that. Um, he'll Where be able to get he, some more runs. Is, is he MLB nerds? Like, is he still around? Am I? Do I need to be careful when I go on? No. Um, is he still out there? I don't. I don't know. The account exists. I don't know the last time it's been active. I haven't seen much of it. Uh, but then again, 
I don't know what Elon Musk did to my algorithm. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing the usual stuff that I that I used to see, which is both good and bad. But um, either way, either way, either way, healthy competition in left field. Expect it, and it's good. It's good. We're gonna set it, we're gonna set the tone nicely. There's there there's a, there are a few positions you could say are open if you count third base, if you count left field, um, if you count shortstop. I don't think that there's a a name starter yet, and b we heard earlier in the offseason that Brian Cashman told Anthony Volpe he would be in the mix for opening day starter at the position. So you have three areas where there's going to be serious competition as opposed to the last few years where you grandfathered Jay Bruce into first base or you, you gave go, IK yeah where you gave IKF shortstop, where you gave Aaron Hicks center field, um, where you gave Aaron Judge right field, just ridiculous things that happened over and over again. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. But their grandfather, I, Aaron freaking Judge, into yeah. the lineup. This year too. <laughs> what are you kidding me? Yeah, so the complacency, there'll be complacency in some areas, but if you have three competitions, you don't forget, there's going to be a bit of a bullpen competition too. There's going to be fight, people fighting for roster spots there. So I think we're coming in with the good vibes. Lastly, speaking of Volpe, I'll let you go off here because you uh, you came across this. You relayed it to me. I thought it was fucking ridiculous, but you thought it was especially fucking ridiculous. I just don't get it at all. And also, let the record state that, that in Heyman's article in the Reynolds trade, he said uh, the Pirates asked for two of Volpe, Peraza, Dominguez. Four top prospects from the Yankees, including multiple players from that top group including Peraza, Volpe, Dominguez. No, I, I don't even really want to give you one. I'll give you one, but I don't even really want to give you one. Um, now, does that mean I think Anthony Volpe is overrated? Am I overrating Anthony Volpe? I don't know. Who's to say? But MLB Pipeline put that? out a survey of executives this week. A lot of praise in there for Anthony Volpe. Um, and also, we we want to praise prospects mostly, right? Because – even the overhyped ones are still teenagers and young adults, right? Even the overhyped ones, what's the worst thing a prospect can do outside of an actual crime is not hit their ceiling, right? Like prospects are being paid to develop into major league regulars and major league stars. They're sometimes being relied upon too heavily by their teams, but nobody is signing 19 year olds to 10 year, $340 million deals, right? Like, the Dodgers are not signing Anthony Volpe this offseason and saying, go win us a ring, kid. Like, these are developmental players. So we want to heap praise on them when necessary. We don't want to coddle them. We don't want to lie about them. We don't want to spin zone and say that the Yankees have future superstars and they really have, you know, B pluses. But we mostly want to praise prospects. We want to make fans aware of who's coming next. MLB Pipeline put out a survey of, of anonymous executives throughout the league that rated Anthony Volpe very highly. It said he was uh, the, the highest baseball IQ of any prospect. Had him at uh, 26% of people said he had the best baseball IQ in the minor leagues. He was 11th in terms of best hitting prospect, tied for third in the best defensive prospect survey, 9% of the vote. Tied with Mason Wynn, the Cardinal shortstop, who throws like 110 miles an hour from short. All those are very good. Those kind of seem to add up to a top 10 prospect in baseball, which is where he typically ranks. Uh, you know, I don't know how maybe some people are down on his season last year. He dug his numbers up from the start of the season when he was very much in a rut in April and early May at Double A Somerset, playing at the highest level he's ever played. 
playing in front of friends and family every night because he's from New Jersey. And by the end of the year, the counting stats were basically where you wanted them to be. Um, you know, he he got a call up to AAA too. Didn't exactly tear the cover off the ball there. 249 average. If you're not impressed by that, sure. 342 OBP, 100 points higher than his average. Stole 50 bases last year. 21 homers, 65 RBI, 802 OPS. And this was the bad year. So maybe he's overrated because he is a Yankees shortstop, which is the position that Derek Jeter played, which leads to all sorts of, you know, melting down the iron for his Hall of Fame plaque. And I get that. A lot of people are probably saying a lot of outlandish things about Anthony Volpe right now. That said, MLB Pipeline, the same survey that put all that positivity out, put out a survey saying he is rated the second most overrated prospect in baseball. Behind Henry Davis, the number one overall pick last year, the Pirates pick, who uh, straight up was not very good. Uh, coming out of Louisville. And uh, again, I, I I just talked about how I want to go positivity. Uh, Davis wasn't so bad either. He had 264, 380 OBP, 952 OPS, only 10 homers last year, and was hurt and played some Sally League games and only hit 207 in double A with four homers in 31 games after getting raised up. But again, he's a catcher fresh out of college. I'm not going to smack talk Henry Davis. I'm not going to smack talk Anthony Volpe. I'm not going to try to figure out who deserves the number one most overrated spot. Who's number two. Uh, I don't really think we should be writing that about minor league players at this point in time. Who've they're only in our consciousness because they kicked ass, right? We only know these people because they're extremely impressive. The most overrated prospect in the minors is probably a guy you've never heard of because he's got an inflated ego and doesn't perform. I guess you got to be well known to be overrated. Sure. Uh, I'm stunned Jason Dominguez wasn't on this list because all all people do is talk about how Jason Dominguez was supposed to be Mike Trout and Mickey Mantle. And oh, look at him. He's just hitting 270 with power from both sides of the plate and jumping three levels. He may never be Mickey Mantle. Sorry to rain on your parade, but he's still very important and impressive. But that expectation versus that reality leads to a lot of bad takes. Somehow he received votes in this poll, but Volpe finished second and received an overwhelming number of them. Feels like Yankee fatigue to me also feels like something that shouldn't be out there. And oh, guess what? MLB Pipeline pulled that chunk from the article because somebody came into corporate and was like, why did we write an article about, you know, 10 best tools that anyone has in minor league baseball? And then also include a chunk that's like, and these people aren't very good. Like what what was the goal there? What, What was the goal there? Um, it might be star for clicks dude looks like they wanted clicks looks like they got them but uh apparently there are some executives out there who think anthony volpe is overrated but could he is he going to be one of these so overrated he's underrated guys by the time he plays in the bigs because if he is what evaluators are saying he is then he's going to be a multi-time all-star for the most famous franchise in professional sports so like if he lives up to that billing is he still overrated i mean what are we doing i agree and i write I write a fair share of negative content. You guys know that, but um, this is not fair to a bunch of 18 to 21 year olds to are look, if you want to call Anthony Volpe overrated, sure. The guy got drafted in 2019, played 34 games, missed the entire 2020 season because of the pandemic came back in 2021, had that otherworldly season that put him fully on the map. Because remember after his showing in 2019, in those 34 games, because he was a first-round pick, he had 215 with a 704 OPS in uh, 
in the rookie league, everyone was like, we sure this is the first round pick? Like this, this, that, that, that was it. Then he comes back, has this great season. And then he propels into the top, what top 15 of baseball, top 10 of baseball, whatever it is. And then he yeah. comes back the next year and starts at a completely different level. He, the, 2021, he, it was between single A and high A, 54, 55 games in each of those levels. Then he starts the year at double A, ends up putting up respectable numbers there after the slow start, and then gets 22 games at triple A, and homers in his first at bat, and then ends up with three homers, five RBIs, and six stolen bases in 22 games for his first action there. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know how he's being overrated outside of, like you said, Yankee shortstop and um, Yankees fans probably talking about it because he's from Jersey and because we need a shortstop and because the organization is clearly passing on all of these higher profile options in free agency to save the seat for Volpe. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't really see it here, um, especially because, he ended up rebounding. If you're going to complain about a 249 average, um, then are you the same people who are talking about average not mattering? Because that seems to be a lot of the baseball community nowadays. Um, and if you want to talk overrated prospects, and I mean this is no disrespect to the Dodgers, but it's literally every Dodgers prospect. Every year the Dodgers have a top three farm system. Every year the Dodgers trade these people. Every year these people don't pan out. And then you have a guy like Gavin Lux who was the – undisputed top prospect in baseball, what, two years ago? Makes yeah. his debut, fairly underwhelming, plays last year, injured, doesn't really get off to the get off on the right foot, uh, plays some middle infield, they move him to outfield, the defense isn't that great. This year, the presumptive sharp starting shortstop for opening day because Trey Turner's gone, now they acquire Miguel Rojas. Is Gavin Lux playing shortstop? Was This was the top prospect in all of baseball, and now he's going to be a utility player? At second base and left field, um, you talk Jeter Downs, you talk Connor Wong, um, you talk uh, back in the 2014 trade with them. I think D. Gordon was one of the good prospects that went to the Marlins in that deal. Andrew Heaney was another. Um, uh, there was somebody else involved there that you'll never hear of again. Um, and then you have uh, Kieber Ruiz and Josiah Gray, who went to the Nationals. Josiah Gray led the NL in home runs allowed and – something else last year and Ruiz is doing okay. And that was supposed to be a blockbuster trade for two of the best players in baseball. So we're going to overrate any prospects. I think at this point, the, whatever the, what is it? The Pacific coast league for the Dodgers and the other NL West teams. It's, it's a hitter. It's a hitter's Haven. And those numbers are super inflated and people think that they're better than they actually are. And then they get to the get, they get to a new organization or they finally get to MLB and it doesn't exactly pan out. I understand the Dodgers have had many wins with homegrown talent, but every year they have a top three farm system. Every year they trade one of the top guys in there and every year those guys don't pan out. Yeah. Overrating prospects is a front office's job. Yes. Like it's, it's the front office is supposed to do that to sell other teams on those prospects. You made a really good point that like, look, maybe, relying on Volpe to pick up for Correa and Seager has led to him being overrated a bit because you're automatically sort of saying, well, he's going to be a future all-star, a uh, multi-time all-star, in fact, worth $300 million. But that's A, selling hope to the fan base, B, a cost-saving maneuver, and C, evaluators agree he's extremely talented. So it's not even that much of a stretch. It's just the window that makes it feel kind of weird. Like Anthony Volpe could be Corey Seager in two years. 
It's not that crazy. But the Yankees last year and the year before would have been better off with Corey Seager. So you're juggling all sorts of things. But all in all, MLB deleted it for a reason. Uh, We don't need to be talking about it anymore. Uh, That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Apologies to Benji Stokar in the comments joining us late. Are we getting Reynolds? Uh, I don't think so. Sorry, man. Uh, Again, two out of the three of uh, Peraza, Volpe, and Dominguez. That's not workable. If they want Juan Soto for for Reynolds, maybe go to the Padres and ask for Juan Soto. Yeah. Available. He's not extended yet. He's he's still – a Juan Soto for Brian Reynolds swap could be interesting. We'll see if Soto's happy. (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll sort that out next week. Until then – uh, we'll actually see you in two weeks' time. Uh, it'll be uh, the Monday after next that you'll see us next. But when you do, it'll be live on the very same YouTube channel. Monday is at 2 o'clock Eastern time, as well as Thursdays, also at 2 o'clock Eastern time, a very famous time. That's the time when you'll see us. And the audio will be on all podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you know the drill. Those famous podcast apps, we're in there streaming constantly. Please give us a subscribe, a listen. If you missed today's episode, you can catch up there as soon as we're done here. And please leave us a review as long as it's five stars. Put a mailbag question in there. We'll read it live on air. Come to the comments. Join us on the stream or pop in after the fact. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrub. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrub. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account um, at Yanks Go Yard FS. Uh, please, please come hang out. Uh, we want to hear what you have to say. Um, we want to turn some of your ideas into content. Um, and speaking of content, we're also at YanksGoYard.com. Both of our bylines are there. Um, we got a lot of articles up on the site, um, a lot of reaction pieces that we talked about. Uh, of topics we've talked about on the podcast, some op-eds, some fun slideshows about who's left in free agency, what are we going to do, trade targets, what's going to happen. Um, we also want to hear you there. we got a big comment section, big community on uh, yanksoyard.com, um, and we're happy to hear from you. But until then, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Don't miss us too much. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your extended holiday. Martin Luther King Jr., let's go, um, and we'll talk to you soon. Let's go. We'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.